Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and today is Tuesday, March 7th. 2023. The feast is St. Thomas Aquinas, one of my favorite saints. He was a highly virtuous and humble man. He possessed all the moral virtues, but his chastity was especially noteworthy. During a crisis where his parents, or his brothers rather, sent a prostitute in his room, he remained unsullied and was rewarded with a mystical girdle from the angels. St. Thomas also exhibited great humility as seen in his obedience to his lay brothers In his respect for the fathers of the church, he effaced himself in his teachings and dedicated his intellect to advancing the truth rather than seeking personal glory. Through his example, we can learn to love Catholic doctrine and resist impurity. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And good morning to you. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope that your Monday went well. I hope you were able to succeed in surviving the first day of the week, or I guess the second day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. I hope you survive the second day of the week. And so today is, in fact, Tuesday. You're almost there. I was thinking of that meme. There's a uh, photo that goes around of of a of someone uh, at the bar thinking, saying, uh, man, it's been a long week. And uh, the other character tells him, but Captain, it's only Wednesday. And I was like, oh, well, that's that was Monday for me. Uh, but good morning to you, Tito Edwards. Good morning, Adrian. <clears throat> I'm so happy today is Tuesday because today is Taco Tuesday. Today is Taco Tuesday. Are you having tacos today? No, not really. I just like <laughs> to say Taco Tuesday. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Okay, okay. Are you, uh, you're celebrating for the Feast of St. Thomas, of course, right? Oh, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas. I love the liturgical calendar. We need to go out there and uh, celebrate Thomas Aquinas, uh, make our faith known around, uh, the, for the people around us. Yes, I'm gonna have to figure out something to do for the for the feast day today, and the that'll be that'll be fun. We'll have to do something. Uh, you know, I was just I was reading the um, matins for this morning, and I was just overjoyed by the uh, the inventory. He says, "Come, let us praise the Lord with joy. Let us joyfully sing to God our Savior. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise to Him with psalms." And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. And who does that better than uh, St. Thomas Aquinas? Because he he wrote, many people don't know this. People think, oh, you know, St. Thomas, that stuffy intellectual. He wrote poetry and he wrote hymns. Um, this, the Tantum Ergo that we sing at the, for, for the, um, for B- benediction? benediction, that was written by St. Thomas Aquinas. Really? Yep. I love yep. the Tantum Ergo. Yeah. St. Thomas wrote a lot of things that people are not aware of. The entire mass for Corpus Christi, St. Thomas wrote that. Nice. Um, so all these things. St. Thomas was a brilliant man, but he was also a poet, a holy man, a man of virtue, uh, spoke with St. Peter and Paul. His his commentaries on sacred scripture, Peter and Paul appeared to him and explained the scriptures to him. Wow. Yeah, little known fact. Is there a, a biography that you would recommend for anyone to read up on him? Probably the best biography if you're not interested in like learning his philosophy and theology and you just want his biography i would highly recommend gk chesterton's the dumb ox and it's he's named the dumb ox because uh saint albert the great his professor 
the uh, people in his class would call him the dumb ox because he was a large guy and he wouldn't talk much. And so they called him the dumb ox. And Albert, St. Albert the Great said, one day the ox's bellowing will be heard around the world. And what do we have now? St. Thomas being heard all around the world. Prophetic words by Albertus Magnus. Amen, amen. Yes, Albertus Magnus. It's such a great name, right? I love that. I don't know why there aren't any more Catholic colleges named Albertus Magnus. Yeah, there's a... I forget which... I was reading a biography of St. Thomas. I forget which one, but they were making the, the... I guess almost like a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's true. They're saying how the time of St. Thomas Aquinas was such a blessed time because there were so many brilliant intellectuals in the church people like that are untouched even to to today brilliant theologians but they all have been overshadowed by saint thomas because saint thomas was just the greatest of the great and so everybody kind of just forgot about all the other intellectuals during that time such as saint albert yeah such as saint albert his professor and he was called magnus and then boom next year thomas aquinas and he lived longer albert ended up outliving his student and yet, yet St. Thomas is uh, uh, better well-known, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, Mediatrics Press, they have a great book on Albert the Great. A uh, great book. Uh, so at 15 past hour, we're going to discuss a lot of good news and bad news. Uh, one is uh, satanic carnivals in Brazil. Did you hear about that story? I didn't. I found out because our intern came in yesterday and was like, have you seen those videos on TikTok? I'm like, I don't have TikTok. And she showed me, and she was it was, it was pretty bad. I was like, wow. In Brazil? Catholic Brazil? So very, very concerning. At 30 past the hour, Randall Terry, the founder of Operation Rescue, is going to be on with us to discuss the history of the pro-life movement. And the next hour, we're going to be playing our Fear and Trembling game show. But let's jump in with prayer. Uh, Prayers today for Ryan Grant and his wife, Sarah Grant. Sarah Grant has uh, weeks to live, and so uh, they have nine children and one newborn. And she uh, is dying of cancer. Uh, Ryan was saying how his his wife has been, um, her, she already has organ failure. So they pretty much have no hope other than a miracle. Uh, so we'll be offering up our prayers for that intention today. And uh, we especially we'll be asking for uh, the intention of St. Aloysius, who they're asking for a miracle from. And maybe we'll talk about him later on today. And maybe we'll do find an interview for, for this great saint. I, was, I didn't know who this was until this situation. But we'll be praying for through St. Aloysius' intercession and St. Joseph's intercession as we pray, pray the Virgo Pater. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Joseph, Virgin Father of Jesus, most pure spouse of the Virgin Mary, pray for us daily to the Son of God, that armed with the weapons of his grace, we may fight as we ought in life and be crowned by him in death. Behold the faithful and prudent servant whom the Lord set over his house. Pray for us, O Holy Joseph, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023, in the year of our Lord, and these are your headlines for today. The Pillar reports a rift has emerged amongst pro-life leaders over at Priest for Life director Frank Pavone, who has been accused of sexual misconduct. The Pillar has confirmed that leaders from the Pro-Life Action League, Americans United for Life, Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, and other organizations have resigned from the 115 Forum, a semi-confidential alliance of pro-life strategists and organizers, which includes both periodic meetings and a confidential email listserv. 
The 115 Forum is organized by Priests for Life, now at the center of scandal after several women have accused uh, Director Frank Pavone, a recently laicized priest, of sexual and personal misconduct. All allegations. Union of Catholic News Asian News reports Chinese worshipers must register online for prayer meetings. Adherents of all religions must take online reservations and appointments through an application called, quote, Smart Religion, end quote. And they must select the venue to attend the services. Again, Union of Catholic Asian News reports the number of seminarians, priests, and men and women in religious orders declined worldwide in 2021. At the end of the year of last 2021, the number of Catholics in the world reached 1.378 billion, up 1.3% at the end of 2020, according to the Vatican Central Office of Church Statistics. And finally, the Daily Beast reports four Americans kidnapped in Matamoros were wrong targets. An unidentified U.S. official told CNN on Monday that authorities now believe the Americans were targeted in error after crossing over into Mexico to buy medicine. According to photos obtained by CNN, the group's white minivan collided with another vehicle before the four travelers were spirited away at the scene at gunpoint. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. After this, Jesus addressed himself to the multitudes and to his disciples. The scribes and Pharisees, he said, have established themselves in the place from which Moses used to teach. Do what they tell you, then. Continue to observe what they tell you, but do not imitate their actions. For they tell you one thing and do another. They fasten up packs too heavy to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. They themselves will not stir a finger to lift them. They act always so as to be a mark for men's eyes. Boldly written are the texts that I carry, and deep is the hem of their garments. Their heart is set on taking the chief places at table in the first seats in the synagogue, and having their hands kissed in the marketplace and being called rabbi among their fellow men. You are not to claim the title of rabbi. You have but one master, and you are brethren alike. Nor are you all to call any man on earth your father. You have but one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teachers. You have one teacher, Christ. Among you, the greatest of all is to be the servant of all. The man who exalts himself will be humbled, and the man who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Salopide had quite a bit to say about today's long passage. And, and the most obvious thing and the things that every single apologetics group will be talking about, namely, call no man father. Obviously, he doesn't mean never say the word father other than to our Lord. For if he did say that and did mean that, then you couldn't even call your biological father father. So clearly that's not what he means. But I won't dwell too much on that because there are some more interesting things that Cornelius Alapide brings up. He says, By seat we are here understand the honor, dignity, authority of teaching and commanding, which Moses had with the Jews and to which the scribes had succeeded. We gather from Luke 4.16 that the scribes not only sat but sometimes stood when they taught. In like manner, the chair of St. Peter is used to signify the power and authority of teaching and ruling all the faithful throughout the world in which the Roman pontiff succeeds St. Peter. For otherwise, no pontiff ever sits now in the actual wooden chair in which St. Peter sat, but it is religiously preserved in his basilica and is shown to the people every year on the feast of St. Peter's chair to be venerated. 
This is a very important point because it's funny. Cornelius Alapide is writing this in like the 16th, 17th century. And yet we still have this error today where I hear Catholic apologists say things like, oh, the Pope has to be seated in his chair. But that's not what is meant. That is not what is meant when it says ex cathedra out of the chair. What is meant is that out of the office of the papacy. And so what he is infallible when he speaks outside of the office of his charity, out of, not outside of, out of the office of the chair of St. Peter, out of the office. Hence, St. Jerome says to Damasus, I am united in communion to your blessedness, that is, to the chair of St. Peter. For although as a private man, the pontiff may err, notice what Cornelius Lapide says here, a, as a private man, the pontiff may err, he may be in error as a private individual. Yet when he defines anything ex cathedra, that is, by his pontifical authority concerning the faith, he cannot err because he is assisted by the Holy Ghost. There are different theories about how that works exactly. I am more partial to the opinion that the Pope will be struck dead before he is able to actually enumerate a explicit error uh, out of the chair of St. Peter. He goes on and says, all things, therefore, whatsoever, he means, of course, all things not contrary to Moses and the law. Notice what he says here, because this also applies to us. And Cornelius Lapide will later in the same passage list, he says, watch out and they keep in mind these words of Christ. When you see certain bishops, pastors, and magistrates not living in accordance with the law of Christ. And so he's saying the law of Moses was not being followed by the scribes and Pharisees. This is a parallel to the church to today, because not everything that they say and do is going to be in accordance with the law of Christ. And when they are contrary to the law of Christ, we are not only can we disobey, but we must disobey. This is an obligation that we have because a higher law, namely Christ's law, stands above the bishop's the priest, and even the Pope himself. That's very, very important to keep in mind. Cornelius Alapide continues. He says, in like matter, it was contrary to the law of Moses as the scribes do that Jesus was not the Messiah or the Christ. So he's saying here, a very clear example. I am telling you, obey the scribes and Pharisees because they have legitimate authority. But when they say things like, I am not the Christ, well, clearly you obey God rather than men. That's very clear. And so too, do we apply this to today and to our pastors today? So let us know the faith so that way we can be observant because the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Let us be steadfast, strong in faith. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time. Hey Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When determining specific moral truths, most Christian churches say they use the Bible, so it's safe to say that they have agreement on doctor-assisted suicide, abortion, contraception, and embryonic stem cell therapy. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a challenge for you. Speak with the five closest non-Catholic church pastors near to where you live. Inquire if they only use the Bible to determine their church stances on these issues. Secondly, my findings, there are some similarities on abortion, but varied with two key exemptions. No common stance on embryonic stem cell therapy, contraception was accepted by all, and no across-the-board agreement on doctor-assisted suicide. And thirdly, my comeback. Should these social issues of life really be determined through individual conviction? Well, maybe we should just leave the determinants of salvation up for grabs also. Remember, the ones Jesus called the least of these will always be in grave danger if their existence is left up to individual conviction. Finally, check the very stance of the Catholic Church on these weighty issues. It's impressive. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And good morning to you. It is Tuesday. Very exciting day. It's the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm probably going to celebrate some way, somehow. Haven't figured out what exactly I'm going to do, though. Got to figure that out. But there's a lot of stories that are very concerning that I'm going to get into in just a minute. But uh, before I get into all these stories... First, I want to offer up a prayer to St. Aloysius, and I would ask that you uh, join me in this prayer, praying for the healing, the miraculous healing of Sarah Grant, the wife of Ryan Grant. You may remember him from Mediatrix Press. He's the founder of Mediatrix Press, puts out a ton of really great books. Highly recommend if you, in your charity, go purchase some of his books just to provide him some money, though. Be aware he's going to be backed up in orders because he's just been... Everything's been slow since he's been trying to take care of his wife. He basically runs the, the, the organization by himself. And he's asking for prayers through St. Aloysius. I don't really know too much about this, this person. Or he's not really a saint. He's a, he, they, he's, he's a, it's for the beatification of St. Aloysius. So we're asking for miracles from this person. Apparently, his, uh, Sarah Grant's family knew him when he was alive. And so that, that's the connection there. But we'll we'll say this prayer, and then I'm going to look for for a guest who might know more about this this man who they're trying to canonize, and uh, maybe we'll have a conversation about. It. it Might be interesting. But let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we beseech thee to look upon the life of your servant, Father Aloysius, and grant your blessings upon those who reverence him through imitation and prayer. May his love and devotion to our Lord Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary be the source of intercession for the favor that we ask of the healing of Sarah Grant. By the example of Father Aloysius, may we sanctify our own lives and render honor and glory to the Almighty God. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there's a lot of very concerning stories. One is the Satanic Carnival in Brazil. Did you hear about that? No, I, I haven't, but I, I'm not at the least surprised. I was absolutely shocked to see it. I, cause I, you know, I knew that things were going downhill in, in Brazil, but I didn't think they were going to have outright Satanism. Like that is, it was so bad. The carnival, they had giant floats of red bulls that were uh, blowing smoke. And then they had a, a ginormous float, like probably the size of a building, of a small building that was uh, in the shape of the devil. With uh, the horns and everything. It, you, 
the <clears throat> images I constantly see is, is scantily clad women moving and shaking about both in the carnivals in the U.S. and in Brazil. And yeah, that's like normal though. <laughs> that's, that's called going to the mall. <laughs> it's called being desensitized, yes. Yeah, and, I mean, like you said, that's that's happening all the time, which doesn't surprise me um, because like it, it, it's literally everywhere. You can't go anywhere. It's like just stay home at that point. Uh, <laughs> but the the thing is, what one image that was there that was really, really disturbing was it had someone dressed up as Jesus and they had Satan pushing him around in the uh, in the parade and had a pitchfork and he was stabbing our Lord. Horrible blasphemy, horrible sacrilege. And I'm thinking, how on earth do the Catholics in Brazil allow this? Because Catholics still a, still technically a Catholic country. It's still technically majority Catholic. Largest Catholic country in the world. Yes. And and it comes down to the parents, mostly. My opinion, they they, they lose touch of their faith. They, they depend on the schools. They depend on osmosis, which doesn't exist, uh, on many other factors, the, cult, the culture around them. And unfortunately, people just get less and less Catholic and more and more hedonistic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some good news, though, to not be focused on all the bad news for the day. Here's some good news. Tennessee governor signs laws banning drag queen shows and gender transitions for children. The new laws ban puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and sex changes surgeries for minors and prohibit underage attendance at drag events and other sexualized performances. Tennessee is now the ninth state to implement protections for children from the transgender abuse that takes the form of cutting off healthy body parts or preventing the natural development of the body through hormone drugs. The volunteer state now allows also, now also follows Arkansas and prohibiting the sexualization of minors through drag shows. Also, why is it Arkansas and not Arkansas? Separate note. But the it is interesting, though. We're seeing more and more these different states banning these drag queen shows and gender transition, which I am very encouraged by that there is more and more states that are actually waking up to this and realizing this is something that needs to be done and done fast. Yes, this, yeah, these states are exercising their states' rights. They, they're called the state for, for a reason. They can enact laws on their own so long as it doesn't contradict the Constitution. And so I would encourage more and more states to do this. You'd be surprised how people would respond to this positively. Do it now while the iron is hot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is, though, while that's happening, the we see the, what's going on in Brazil, the satanic things going on there. But then... I came across this article, and I was just like, there's so many things happening, not enough time to cover it all. And maybe later in the week, if it, it's a, it becomes a slower news week, during later in the week, we could re revisit some of these stories in more depth. But Virginia Catholic the Catholics fight back against after-school Satan Club with rosary rallies. The Satanist school club represented blasphemy to the highest degree, and we are out there praying in reparation, says Stephen Sherbaum. Very concerning that we see satanic school clubs, and this has been happening for a while. This actually happened in Texas not that long ago. Um, not too far from Houston, actually. Only like an hour north of Houston. And there was a, such backlash that they had to close it down. So they did shut it down. Amen. But now we're seeing this all over the place. They had it at Pennsylvania. There was a massive rosary rally against that. They lasted for days. It was humongous rosary rally. And yet, they kept it. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen here. And we're seeing it rise up more and more all over the country 
more and more satanic after-school clubs. And, and this is what I mean by the iron is hot. People are aware of this. Look, our Washington, D.C. listeners are going to be well aware of this. When they started showing Drag Queen Hour and teaching CRT during the pandemic, uh, the purple-leaning blue state parents rose up and, and redrew, redrew, well, overthrew everybody on the student, not the student council, the, the school board, and elected a conservative governor. And now they're doing this. The, the, the legislature has passed this anti-satanic club thing going on. The, you'd be surprised how receptive uh, parent, parents of, of, of uh, parents in blue states and purple states, they love their children too, and they know what's right and wrong still. And it's, now is the time to pressure legislatures to pass certain laws such as these. Speaking of school boards, this story over here this deserves a whole segment in and of itself, and I highly recommend parents go look up this article with LifeSite News. The title is 11-Year-Old Exposes Sexually Graphic LGBT Book to the School Board. Librarian Asked Me If I Wanted More. I highly recommend checking this out and watching the video because the 11-year-old boy reads aloud the book that he checked out at his library. And I'm not going to read it to you because it's very graphic. But I recommend you to listen to it because you're maybe thinking, why would I want to listen to such garbage? And yes, it is garbage. And you shouldn't want to listen to it. However, we should be aware of how bad it is because we kind of have this theory in our minds where we're like, yeah, I get it. It's bad. But until you hear what exactly they're saying and how graphic it is, it really lights a fire under you. And you're like, wow, I have to get involved in my kid's school. I have to go to the school board. I have to do everything in my power to shut this down. It's very concerning. This is a little bit excerpt from the article. This is the smut that he is finding, the 11-year-old father said. A video of a main 11-year-old reading aloud from a pornographic book at Windham Raymond School District Board meeting has quickly gone viral, shedding light on the easy availability of such explicit materials in school libraries. After explaining that he was only 11 years old and in the 6th grade, Knox Zajac of Wayneham Middle School proceeded to read and to those in attendance a graphic and profane scene from Alice Osmond's Nick and Charlie, a scene that describes in visual detail two 14-year-old boys participating in homosexual acts with each other. He said, quote, When I rented it out to show my dad... The librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version, end quote. Absolutely disturbing. This is an 11-year-old boy. And that's the reaction that the librarian gives whenever he checks it out. Oh, would you like another? Oh, you, you probably want the one that has more pictures in it. An 11-year-old boy. And he checked it out to bring it to his father. And then this young boy, which he should never have to even the opportunity to see such vile, disgusting things. And he sees it. And so what he what does he do? He reads it aloud to the school board. And this was especially impactful because every time a parent tries to read what is in our schools, what is in the schools that our taxpayer money pays for, your money that you're making is paying to put these books in these public schools. Whenever a parent tries to read it aloud, they end up muting their mics and cutting them off and saying, hey, 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 that's not appropriate for school. There are children around. 
Bingo. Exactly. Exactly the point. Very, very disturbing. We have to get involved in the schools. We have to. We cannot see the ground to the left. How is it that the Bible is banned from school, but this is not? How is it that your teachers cannot preach the gospel to the kids? That your the teachers cannot talk about the saints, cannot talk about Our Lady in the school, yet they can do this. To talk about chastity and purity, and the glory of purity. That would be anathema. There'd be lawsuits going on. But if you do this, if you expose 11-year-old kids to this, then it's okay. Very, very disturbing. There are a lot of other stories that we won't have time to get into. A couple headlines. Uh, Michigan lawmakers set to pass LGBT civil rights bill with no religious exemptions. Very concerning. If that means that Catholic churches will be forced to witness gay marriages... And if that happens, how will the church react? I'd be very curious. Will we just and re- reject it and then throw be fined and thrown in prison for it? I hope so. I really, really hope so. What a great opportunity to become martyrs. That'd be awesome. Uh, here's another one. LGBT activists attacks lawmaker police officers after Oklahoma House votes to ban child sex changes. That's good news. So let's end on that note. The Oklahoma House voted to ban sex changes. Praise be to God. Uh, We need every single state to create these laws and put them into place so that we never have to be in a situation where kids are put in an opportunity to mutilate themselves. We wouldn't do it to people with anorexia, and we shouldn't do it to kids that are confused about their gender, especially whenever most of that confusion is forced upon them and not real to begin with. So let's pray for that every single state starts rejecting this horrible, wicked ideology, this wicked ideology that is certainly from Satan himself. Let us pray, let us offer penance, especially during the season of Lent. During the season of Lent is a perfect opportunity to offer up all of our pains and sorrows to save our children and to save our country. We'll be right back. Randall Terry with Operation Rescue. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no comment needed there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes. Every Sunday at Mass, that's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, and these are your headlines for today. Zenner reports that a Catholic app has eclipsed Netflix, Instagram, and TikTok in Google's App Store. Hello started at the University of Notre Dame in 2018 has spread to 150 countries, reaching 100 million prayers in 2022. The mobile phone app called Hallo with suggestions for prayer was the most used app this past Ash Wednesday, surpassing Netflix, Spotify, Instagram, and TikTok. Catholic World News reports an English woman was arrested again for silent prayer at an abortion clinic. Just over two weeks ago, she was acquitted on charges of praying silently outside an abortion clinic. Isabel von Spruce has been arrested for the same alleged offense. Six police officers took Von Spruce into custody, saying that she had violated a local ordinance by praying in the exclusion zone around the clinic. The arrest of the pro-life activist comes just a day after Parliament is scheduled to vote on a proposal that would make prayer illegal at all abortion clinics nationwide. Rachel Hoover at Our Sunday Visitor News Service reports on the dating culture crisis fueling a Catholic marriage vocation collapse. Among Catholics, the sacrament of matrimony is in a freefall. Over 50 years between 1969 and 2019, Catholic marriages declined 69%, even as the Catholic population increased by nearly 20 million, according to Georgetown University's Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate. A 2021 survey by the Institute for Family Studies asked people under 55 who desired marriage why they were not married. 58 responded, quote, it's hard to find the right person to marry. And finally, Joe Burkus at the Catholic News Agency reports in an interview with NorthJersey.com, Theodore Morkarek said the alleged victim's testimony was not true. The telephone conversation took place one day after McCarrick filed a motion claiming he is unfit to stand trial due to dementia. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date and uh, joining us in just a moment should be Randall Terry. He is the founder of the anti-abortion group Operation Rescue. He led the largest civil disobedience in American history from 1907 to 1994, and he was arrested 49 times. It was a very, very cool story from Randall Terry, so hopefully he'll be joining us soon. I, actually, it's funny. We're talking about St. Thomas Aquinas. I actually just got a text message from my friend saying, Happy Feast Day of St. Thomas Aquinas. May all of your educated guesses be correct today. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So there you go, folks. Uh, for your children, may their educated guesses be correct today. Uh, if Randall Terry doesn't join us, there is a couple other stories that we did not get into during the last segment that I really want to cover. More of a Catholic nature than a secular nature. And this was very, very interesting that I thought, wow, the church, because we all think of the church in Germany, right? The church in Germany no bueno. Not no, good, right? No bueno. The church in Germany, supported by the by the government. If it wasn't for the government, that church would, would have uh, collapsed by now. Oh, easily, easily. Because, like you said, they are being propped up by the government there. But this story came out out of Austria. And I was thinking, okay, well, I guess Austria is just as bad as Germany, I guess. Though I'd be curious, is Austria and Germany the same diocese? Maybe they're under the same. I presume they're not. No, um, no, they're not. It's Schonborn is. Uh, he's not. Tech, I'm not sure if he's the primate or not. But they're the countries each contain their own diocese and archdiocese. See, that's what I assumed. 
And so that makes sense to me. The So I was like, hmm, is this, are they connected or is it e- just equally bad in two different places? So clearly they're just equally bad in two different places. During Lent, this here's the uh, a article. Uh, during Lent, Innsbruck Bishop Hermann Glettler, known for his decadent taste, has covered the high altar of the local hospital church with an image of a pig's heart surrounded by a rubber band. Very disturbing. Very disturbing art, if you can call it art. The obviously emotionally shattered diocese of Innsbruck calls the picture a, quote, touching eye catcher, end quote, which recollects, radiates intimacy and irritates at the same time. In his cathedral, Glettler shows a seven meter high pyramid of machine guns in the sanctuary is a crozier made of eggshells. According to media reports, Glettler is Cardinal Schoenburn's favorite successor at Vienna Archbishop, as Vienna Archbishop. That is absurd, completely and utterly absurd. Do they think they're modernist artists? Not to say that any modernist art is any good to begin with, but what happened to something remotely related to Catholicism? I, I see the analogy of the of the heart, meaning sacred heart of Jesus and the pig's heart, but that's crossing blasphemy comparing the two. Well, with a rubber band. Well, I mean, you see, immediately I saw the picture and I was thinking to myself, okay, well, you have the a heart, right? Okay, I could see what someone's thinking, and then I was reading the article and I was like, oh. It's a pig's heart? That is that is not anything to do with the sacred heart. That is just straight up blasphemy. You can't be putting up a pig's heart and presenting it as if it was an image of our of our Lord's heart. That's that's wicked. That's evil. And I am just absolutely disturbed. And the crozier made it of eggshells? Uh, the crozier is supposed to be a symbol of stability. A, a, a symbol of strength. A symbol of shepherding the flock. To make it out of eggshells is to completely invert the symbolic meaning of the actual crozier itself. I'm a little bit concerned that Archbishop Schonburn, Cardinal Schonburn, who helped write the catechism of the Catholic Church with Cardinal Ratzinger, is hoping or is leaning on this person to be his successor over in Vienna, I believe. This, (laughs) the balloon masses, the Confederate cowboy masses, uh, what else? The Olympic masses that they've been having all over Austria, and now this. And and I'm just on the just touching on the tip of the iceberg because there's a whole lot more that I, I view uh, almost uh, every day that emanates from Austria. To have this occurring, I don't think Thomas Aquinas or Albertus Magnus or any of the disciples or apostles or other great saints. Saints ever thought of redecorating their altar with anything else but sacred art. So I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that Cardinal Schoburn was the uh, co-editor of the CCC. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like shook right now. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, he, he, he enjoys <laughs> celebrating uh, the high mass at the cathedral with the red balloon. Wow. I, I actually did not know that. I'm looking at, I looked it up. I was like, no way. And sure enough. 
Yeah, it says right here in the in the actual description of the Catechism of the Catholic Church in the introduction, it says um, Cardinal Christopher Schoburn, the Archbishop of Vienna, a renowned spiritual teacher and writer, a student of Joseph Ratzinger, and with him was the co-editor of the monumental Catechism of the Catholic Church. I was unaware of that. That is so concerning. Wow. I... <laughs> oh, man. So there you go, folks. Cardinal Schoburn and his successor, uh, Bishop Glettler, doing these horrific things on, on altars that are blasphemies to God. And what would what would St. Thomas say about these things? What would St. Thomas, what was his what would his reaction be to seeing these kind of blasphemies present inside of our our churches? I mean, just look at that. I mean, if you're watching online, you can see the actual image over the high altar. If you're, if you're listening, you won't be able to see it, but the, I'll just describe it for you. The image of the of the heart is not a human heart by any stretch of the imagination. You look at it and you kind of seen one from science class. It doesn't look like that. It's a pig's heart. And there's a rubber band around it. And I presume the rubber band is probably due to trying to make it be held together maybe. I don't even know why the rubber band is there. It's photographed and then hung up over the image uh, that's above the high altar. So they replace the image with this with this heart. And then the the eggshell crozier just looks like it looks honestly it looks like trash. You know how whenever you uh make eggs in the morning and you crack the eggs and you kind of just stack the eggshells and whenever you're making a ton of eggs at one time and it just stacks up. That's literally what the crozier looks like. It's very ugly, very disturbing, and I cannot believe that a bishop of the church, and this goes back to the gospel for the day, the gospel of the day clearly stated to us, and our, why did our Lord tell us this? Why did our Lord think it was necessary to bring up listening, not doing as the Sadducees and Pharisees do? Why do you think our Lord told us that? Was it because he wanted us to make sure that we as Catholics don't listen to the Jews? No. Because we're Catholics. We're obviously not going to be listening to the Jewish hierarchy. So we no longer follow them. But So why did our Lord bring that up? It's very clearly because our Lord was trying to warn us about situations like this. He's trying to warn us. That way, one, we don't lose our faith. Because he's saying, look, I'm predicting it. I'm telling you guys, this is going to happen. You are going to have bad bishops. And they are going to say and do things that are wrong. And they're against the law of, of me, my law. And so when that happens, not if it happens, but when that happens, do not follow them. Instead, you obey God rather than man. This is a very, very important note for us to keep in mind because we cannot lose our faith because of these wicked prelates, because these people who would blaspheme God. We can't allow them to try to take our faith away from us. That would be to let them win, to let Satan win. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after the short break.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, that is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible? Or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. I had known about the station for a long time, but I have to confess, I never tuned in. Perhaps I was biased, but then that changed, actually. Once I started listening, I, I, I kept the dial where it was at. I like Teresa Tamio and Al Crest. I just like their personalities. Call the Communion with Dr. David Anders and uh, Mortal Life with Pop Checks. I really, really love the show. I've learned a lot. But you know, also, I, I really like there's prayers interspersed. I get a lot more praying done in the day that I wouldn't otherwise. We want to support the radio station for sure. The Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic Radio. Radio for your soul. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And it's so good to be here today. Praise be to God. It's always good to be here. And I was thinking about on Sunday, the Mass reading was for the Transfiguration. And I was just thinking about the fact that whenever St. Peter sees Elijah, he sees Moses, and he sees our Lord, and what does he say? He says, it's good to be here. It's good that I am here. And I feel that way, being on Catholic Radio, being here with you today. Uh, there's a couple stories that I thought were very concerning that we didn't get to cover. One of these stories was the headline is, LGBT activist attacks lawmaker, police officer after Oklahoma House votes to ban child sex changes. This is that of LifeSite News? Hey, I'll read a little portion of it. Oklahoma City, on February 28th, a trans activist wearing a pride flag screaming himself hoarse in the stairwell at the Oklahoma State Capitol and fought with police after dumping water on state representative Bob Culver and another state legislator. Other protesters followed as he was removed from the Capitol. Culver released a statement announcing that he would be pressing charges to ensure that there would be consequences for the assault of a police officer. It's a very interesting how people always talk about the right being very uh, violent and all these things. And yet, I, what happened to our friend Mark Houck? He is uh, praying peacefully at an abortion clinic and is, is being verbally assaulted by a death escort. Those people who lead people in to get abortions and starts abuse, uh, verbally abusing his son. And he pushes him and he gets FBI raids in his home. I guarantee you nothing is going to happen to this guy. Yeah, he assaulted a legislature, uh, yeah. a, a representative of state. That's on an elected official. I, I mean, does that? <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. I'm at a loss for words because you're right. When it happens to anyone on the right, nothing happens as far as uh, litigation is concerned. Oh, yeah. And never, never, never anything happens. Uh, the article goes on. Chris Elston, the dad activist who fights gender ideology and is better known as a billboard Chris, Video recorded the arrest, noting, quote, this is awesome. This is really good. 
this is something we all need to be like prepared for just in case we get quoted that we have a good quippy response because this is excellent. I thought it was really funny. He says, quote, the sounds of wailing and gnashing of teeth are like a lullaby to me as legislators put an end to this child abuse. End quote. I was like, yes, exactly. Because these, you know, whenever the devil is back into the corner and the exorcist will talk about this, he'll, they'll say usually toward the end of the exorcism, when they're just about to liberate those people who are possessed, that's when the devil makes the most noise and sound and just starts shrieking and starts throwing a fit and start doing all these crazy things that we kind of associate with the, the demonic. They start doing that towards the end when they're losing because they're trying to a latch ditch effort and they're angry and they're freaking out. And his quote perfectly reminded me of that situation because these trans activists, these people, these transvestites are promoting the mutilation of children and promoting of sodomitical acts, which are the, the law, the things that cry out to heaven for vengeance. And what is the reaction by, by them whenever these things are banned, the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Excellent. So good. Elston was referring to the passage of House Bill 2177, a bill that bans sex changes for children. This has predictably attracted the loud ire of trans activists. HB 2177, co-authored by GOP State Representative Kevin West and Jim Olson, make it illegal for medical professionals to provide, attempt to provide, or refer for puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, or sex changes surgeries for minors. Now, this is great. I'm very happy by that. Uh, this has to be set out even further. We cannot stop with just banning this for children. This needs to be banned outright and completely. Outright and completely. The libertarians will say, well, obviously we can't let kids do it, but an adult, they can do whatever they want. And, you know, it's hard to argue with libertarians because most of them, I was arguing with one not too long ago, and they were telling me, I was asking, what would you, if someone was about to kill themselves, would you try to stop them? And they're like, well, if they, it's their body, so if they want to kill themselves, they should be allowed to kill themselves. And I was like, well, I guess there's really nothing we can have a conversation about because you are okay with letting people commit self-murder. So in that case, I mean, there's not really much we can, we can discuss. Uh, but most reasonable people would, if they saw someone about to jump from a bridge, you would try to stop them, right? If you saw somebody about to kill themselves, you would stop them. So... In the same way, we should not allow people to abuse themselves, even if it's something that they want. In the same way that if someone was a schizophrenic and they were wanting to, they thought the trees were talking to them and they decided to just go around chopping down every tree that they came across, you wouldn't just be like, okay, well, here's an axe. Go at it. Uh, the same thing would be if a, if a serial killer, it was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a psychopath. I, I think everybody's out to murder me. So I'm in self-defense and they start killing people. You would say, no, you're not allowed to do that. And same thing with someone who's anorexic. If they said, oh, I need to starve myself because I identify as being fat. No, you would not allow them to do it. So why do we think it's okay for somebody who is a transvestite, who has some kind of sexual confusion of their in their mind, allow them to mutilate their own bodies? That has to be banned for all people on all levels and not just for kids. But... I'm happy that we're starting with there. It's funny how they always want to say, refer to the science or what medicine says. Johns Hopkins University, probably the premier uh, hospital uh, research institution in the country, did some of the first trans 
transvestite surgeries in the 1950s, and they've had a long history of providing these services. Two or three years ago, the, the, one of the, the heads of the, the medical department decided to discontinue the service, especially for children under the age of 12, because they realized that they could not properly diagnose whether they have a mental illness or they're just, you know, spaz at the moment, wanting to be a doctor or I want to be a man now that I'm a woman. They, they, they distinguished the, the, the issue and figured out that it was unethical in their terms to promote and, and have these transgender surgeries. So it's, it's interesting that it came from Johns Hopkins University. Yeah, though, you got to be careful about trusting those because they yes, change the definitions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with, just, within the hour. Yeah. One day they'll just be like, yeah, uh, we no longer think that. Oh, oh what, did you learn something new? No. Mm-mm. Did you, what, what, did something came out and you found out that it's no longer, no, mm-mm. what changed? Nothing. Uh, political, let political me, reasons. Let me look up the definition online, and I'm looking at Webster's, and as I'm reading it, it says edit mode, and it, the words are changing right before my yeah, eyes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, I've always be careful whenever I'm arguing with people. You're I'm right. like always are wary about doing, oh, let's look at what the dictionary says. I'm like, they could have just changed the dictionary like five minutes ago, and I'm like, whoops. Yep. Um, but here's another article that is uh, very concerning and that we need to be very aware of because this may be coming to a state near you. Uh, Michigan lawmakers set to pass LGBT civil rights bill with no religious exemptions. Michigan lawmakers are on the verge of passing a radical pro-LGBT civil rights bill that would signify significantly threaten religious liberty in the state. Michigan is currently led by pro-abortion Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who won a second term last fall by 10 percentage points. Michigan State House and State Senate are also run by Democrats who have not held majorities in those chambers in 40 years and are clearly capitalizing on their newfound power. The Michigan State Senate passed SB4 last week by a 23-15 to 15 vote, with the three Republicans joining in with their Democratic colleagues in support of the measure. I, I always, I, whenever people ask me if I'm a Republican, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because Republicans do things like this. I'm absolutely 100% not a Republican, because Republicans are literally the same as the Democrats. Sometimes they do things that are better but they're literally the same. They are just the Democrats from 10 years before, and that gap shrinks every year. Uh, so no, I'm a Catholic. I'm a traditionalist. I adhere to Catholic principles. I do not, I would do not and will not ever identify as a Republican because these people do the exact same thing as the Democrats. They're pushing the same uh, crazy ideologies that we reject with our whole heart and soul. Yes, this is the same state that passed the... Uh that a pro-abortion bill and uh, made it okay to let the baby die on the on the table once it's born if it was meant to be aborted. And I'm just curious to know whether Archbishop Vineron out of Detroit will say or do anything, mobilize the Catholics in the, in the state to, to oppose us, to call, call their state and uh, Senate representatives to, to stop put a stop on this. Well, I, I seriously hope so. The Michigan Catholic Conference, which I don't know what their association is with the diocese, maybe they are associated, maybe they're not, I have no idea. They, they have vigorously fought this proposal, which the bill, uh, which does not include any exemptions for religious entities, adds, quote, sexual orientation and gender identities to the list of protected classes of persons who cannot be discriminated against in the Wolverine state. This is very, very concerning because 
this basically puts them on par with your race. And so what does the current civil rights law say? You can't discriminate upon someone because of their race. So I can't choose to not hire someone because they're black or because they're Hispanic, though you probably could if they're white because that's allowed and nobody would report you for that. But if someone is black, if they're Mexican, if they're Asian, if they're anything else, Nigerian, whatever it is, you're not allowed to discriminate them based on their race. And you're not allowed to say, for instance, if I'm a church, I can't say, well, I can't allow a black person to marry a white person because I disapprove of interracial marriage. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that based on civil rights law. What they're trying to do is extend this to to homosexuals and to transvestites and say, okay, well, sodomites want to get married. And so this is going to be protected by law. Therefore, you cannot refuse in your church. And this was seen, this was done to the Mormons, which actually was a good thing. The Mormons used to have polygamy. And so they used to allow for a man to marry several women. But the U.S. government came in and said, absolutely not. And they said, but this is restricting our religious freedom. And so they had to narrowly define and say, okay, well, your religious freedom exists, except when you're violating the rights that are natural to man. And so if you're violating them, so they, and that's when it was created, all these civil rights laws were created. And that was made in order for us to be able to protect people against the claims of religious liberty. And so if we overextend this, and now we're extending it to all these other things that are not, that are contrary to God's law, and now the civil rights law is putting put over, so this is, this is all a theme today, going back to the gospel today, if even the magistrates start telling us that to do a law that's contrary to God's law, we must disobey. So we have to keep an eye on this story and make sure this is not happening in your state, because if this is happening in our states, this is very bad, and we have to resist it because this will be a destruction of the church. The church will have to go underground, will be persecuted again, and we have to be prepared for that. So let's pray for those things. Very concerning. That'll do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Stay with us. We're going to have more on Catholic Drive Time. We're going to be having our game show, Fear and Trembling. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable... I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. 
And thirdly, the Rosary Dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the Rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity, then onto praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And I was reading the Psalms during the break right there. I was reading Madden's for this morning. And beautiful, beautiful Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. Overthrow, O Lord, them that fight against me. Judge thou, O Lord, them that wrong me. Overthrow them that fight against me. Take hold of arms and shield and rise up to help me. Bring out the sword and shut up the way against them that persecute me. Say to my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and ashamed that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and be confounded that devise against me. Let them become as dust before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord straighten them. Let their way become dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net for me unto destruction." Without cause they have abraded my soul. Let the snare which he knoweth not come upon him, and let the net which he hath hidden catch him, and into that very snare let them fall. But my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, and shall be delighted in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like to thee, who delivereth the poor from the hand of them that are stronger than he, the needy and the poor from them that strip him. Overthrow, O Lord, them that fight against me. A beautiful, beautiful Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10 from the Matins from this morning. And this is exactly the the message that we need. This is why we should read the Psalms, because very clearly our Lord here is telling us that there are people who are going to come after us, who are going to seek to devour our soul, who set up traps for us. And we need to be strong in our faith, call upon the angel of the Lord, call upon our God to save us, to save our souls, then recognize that our Lord is our salvation, which means there is no political solution. The answer is always God, is always God. That doesn't mean we abandon the politics and we abandon the secular world and we don't fight against it. It simply means that we put our trust not in princes, but in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, we need to get out there, not only do these prayers, uh, other acts of mercy, 
just sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, but we, we need to get politically involved as well. We, we can't make change if, if all we do is just stay secluded within our own little bubbles, as some people would say. We need to get out there and uh, get proactive. Go participate in library activities. See what's going on over there. If you have children, be, join the PTO if you're in a public high school or a public school. If you're a single guy or girl, why don't you go out and, and search political campaigns with candidates that adhere to the magisterial teachings of the church? There are many ways to get uh, active and involved in our society. We, we change society. We change the culture. We don't allow the culture to change us just because everybody else starts wearing, you know, wearing clothes like slobs and, and, and very exposed clothing doesn't mean that we adapt to that as well. We go out there in public and we set the trends. We set what's going on in the culture. And we need to do that not only with prayer, fasting, and, and, and other acts, but getting involved in the culture. We, we can't just go out into the mountains and recluse ourselves in a cave unless we're a monk and we're called to do that or, an, or a nun. But uh, we need to step up and step Absolutely. out. 100%. You know, the, that reminded me, you said uh, that we have to go out into the culture. We have to be careful that when we go out to the culture, the culture doesn't cling to us. And I say that because I saw this, this article or this uh, post rather from Matt Walsh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Absolutely insanity. <laughs> the, you're familiar with uh, Life, Lifeway, right? Yeah, Lifeway. That's the uh, Baptist, Southern Baptist uh, bookstores and other things. Right, yeah. exactly. And they, uh, we used to go there all the time when I was a kid. We got all sorts of uh, the VeggieTales DVDs, and we would get uh, the different, um, what was it called? Angel Wars. It was a TV show that we watched. Um, really good. I thought it was amazing. Not accurate at all to Angelology. Uh, very <laughs> inaccurate. Do not learn your Angelology from there. But it was really entertaining and very wholesome. There was a bunch of other things. We used to get T-shirts from there, the, the different Lifeway T-shirts that we'd wear to school. And um, looking back, a little cringe, not going to lie. But the uh, we had tons of those T-shirts, and we'd wear them all the time. But the Lifeway, they just put out this. <laughs> they teamed up with this website called Sunday Cool. Now, mm. anything that calls himself cool mm. tends not to be cool. I'm just saying, like nine out of ten times, nine out of ten times, if they're calling yourself cool, it's probably not. So they're calling themselves Sunday Cool, and they produced a devotional for youth. Now already, I'm like, my ears are perked, and I'm like, oh no, anything. Whenever they're like, we made this for the youth, usually it means it's not, it's not going to be liked mm -hmm. by the youth. The youth are not going to like it. <laughs> uh, so it goes on. It's called the Word. According to Gen Z. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to step in this? <laughs> right, exactly. So, in, um, before I read this, I'm just going to say this is, this might, this, I'm not 100% certain this might be considered uh, blasphemous, how much they butcher the word of God. Uh, for that, I will uh, repent of it if it is. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it would be blasphemy. It's definitely... It was definitely cringe. I don't know. It might be blasphemy to butcher the word of God this way. But whenever our Lord says, don't change one iota, I mean, they're changing a lot. And so it says here, Hebrews 4.12, Cap G's words are one hundo, straight up slicing and dicing and knowing it all. 
that's their translation of Hebrews 4.12. Uh, Cap G. Who is Cap G? I, I don't know, but I, I think we should always play, pay close attention to what Gen Z says because, you know, they know everything. I, I mean, I listen to AOC almost every day. I'm just amazed by how much knowledge just seeps out of my brain every time I listen to her. But, wow, Gen Z, man. So let me read to you what Hebrews 4.12 actually says. For the word of God is living and effectual and more piercing than any two-edged sword and reaching unto the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints also and that marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that's what Hebrews 4.12 actually says. I don't know what I just read there. So John 1.1. 1, 1. This is something that's read at the end of Mass. At the, if you go to the traditional Latin Mass, at the end of every Mass, uh, low Mass and high Mass, they have the reading of the, the last Gospel, which is John 1. This is how the word according to Gen Z renders it. Since day uno, there was Cap G. Big J was chilling with Cap G, and Big J was Cap G. This is... Who, who talks like that? Does anybody actually talk like that? I've literally never no. met a person that talks like that. I think Cap G is God, right? Capital Cap G, G is supposed G to be God. God. And Big J is Jesus. It's supposed to be Jesus. Okay. And so here's what John 1.1 1, 1 actually says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's what it says. How does that translate there? And in Latin, it even comes out even more beautiful. It's, in principio era verbum, et verbum era apodeum, et deus era verbum. A very beautiful, very alliteration, that the rolling of the tongue. It's very beautiful. And this is just, this is just hogwash. I, and I'm, I'm genuinely curious, like, who on earth is actually... Speaking like this, I, I want to know, I, there has got to be somebody who purchased this for their kids and their kids are just thinking, why did, on earth did you buy this for me? This is so cringe, mom. Um, so please don't get this for your kids. Anything that's uh, anything that's titled for the youth is almost always horrible. They have this strange idea that the youth want things that are that are very weird and not very godly. Let me give you another example. <laughs> Psalm 119.11. I got your holy scripts padlocked in my chest thumper. What is a chest thumper? No clue. It's your heart. Oh. That's your heart. It's supposed to be your heart. So this is what the psalm actually says. The psalm says, Thy words have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Very beautiful. Very treasuring the word of God, recognizing that we should have the word written on our hearts, trapped up there, held there, that I may not sin against thee, that recognizing that the word of God will protect us from temptation, calling upon the word of God will be what keeps us from temptation. Are, are you reading the revised New American Bible there? No, I'm no? reading the, the Dewey Rames. Oh, Dewey Rames. No, I mean the translations. The translation. No, no, this is the word according to Gen Z. Oh, okay. Gen Z. Uh, the word according to Gen Z. And uh, I'll give you all one more. One more. And this one is probably the strangest to me, just because the reference he makes here is so it's so odd. Like, I, 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 not only is this low-key blasphemy and not really according to the translations, but also 
the references, no Gen Zer, no young person would ever think, talk, or be attracted to this. Here's the other thing it says. Romans 1, verse 16. Not swerved by these scripts, because Cap G be given that get out of jail free card to the whole fam. What? <laughs> I got I had to go pull up my Urban Dictionary uh, to be able to read this. Uh, get out of jail free card. Why are they making a Monopoly reference in the in Holy Scripture? Why are they making? What young person is like? You know what I really need is a Monopoly reference. I, I, it's no, pandering. No, it, it, it's not even pandering because pandering implies that this is something that would like appeal to them. Yes, but pandering is it. When you have pandering, it's cringeworthy. It's it's like watching Cardinal Tagle trying to dance with uh, young adults oh, yeah, at World cringe. Youth Day. Yeah, that's cringe. Uh, this is what Romans one sixteen actually says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation and to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. This, it's not, you can't, how could you even get this out of that? And not only that, but they're, they're calling salvation the get out of jail free card that's what they're calling salvation like okay you get the get or that god is giving that get out of jail free card no does gen z even play monopoly i mean they're into exactly exactly no gen z -er is playing monopoly Uh, if they made like a i don't know a halo reference that would actually make a little bit more sense it would still be bad and they should not do that but not only is everything here cringe, not only is everything here incorrect in terms of a translation, not only is it low-key blasphemy, but on top of all that, the references are not even relevant. The references are not even applying to the actual generation they're attempting to apply it to. Absolutely absurd. So in response to this, pick up your Bible today. Read the Bible. Do not pick up any of these most garbage translations. Here, let me give a recommendation to you. The translation that Fulton Sheen loved, and he would cite from and a lot of times in his in his books and in his speeches, he would either use the Douay Rames or he'd use the Knox, which actually became more of a favorite of his. The Knox translation. So if you look up the Knox translation, if you go to CatholicBible.online, you can find a free translation of the Knox Bible where you can read the Douay Rames and the Knox side by side and read the Holy Scriptures, learn the Holy Scriptures, learn to love it in its poetic language. I don't even like the New American Bible because it's just, it doesn't have a a poetry. It doesn't have the solemnity that the Holy Scripture deserves. So I, that's my recommendation to you. Read the Knox Bible. It's much clearer. It's not a word from word translation. It's a dynamic equivalent translation, which might be a good conversation to have a whole topic on Bible translations, but there's my recommendation to you. Pick up the Knox Bible, read it to your kids. Uh, Don't give them anything that's labeled for the youth. If it's for the youth, it's probably not good. Instead, let's cling to the things that have worked for millennia. Reading the Bible to kids have been the way to do it. Let's do that today. We're going to jump into our game show, Fear and Trembling. You can be our contestant. Dial 877-757-9424. That number, 877-757-9424. I just realized I'm just talking too fast again. 
888-900-9424. You can be the contestant for Fear and Trembling. Join us right now. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling on Catholic Drive Time. Hey, Donnie, what does the catechism say that the purpose of life is? To know love and serve God to be happy in the next. That's right. So we can be happy with Him in the next life. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. What does that mean? Don't hang around with bad people? No, according to G.K. Chesterton, it means something much better than that. He says that there are certain people who, because they are really pure, create a good atmosphere around themselves. They are truly children of light, and the light shines on everything they touch. When a righteous person stakes out a clear position, we recognize that it's something solid and vital and eternal. So it's not that hanging around bad people makes us bad, it's that being righteous can help make the people hanging around us righteous too. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV, and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath. Put it on y'all's radio station anyhow, and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs, and they lead you into the right direction. I just appreciate you and God for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is Him, and it's okay. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our Fear and Trembling game show where we can, we ask the questions and we give the answers and it's your job to find out who is right and who is wrong and we give out prizes every Friday to the winner. That number, if you want to write it down, 877-757-9424. We always take the first caller, so if you want to hop on early, it's always welcome. You can just dial in that number and stay on hold, and whenever we begin the game show, if you're the first caller, then we go to you. Uh, But the game is simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions, and I'm going to ask Tito, and I'm going to ask Rudy the questions, and it's their job to give me an answer. And it's your job to find out who is right and who is wrong. And it'll be very simple, a 50-50 chance for each and every question. And every answer that gets correct gets one opportunity put into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win? They can win. The prize is a sticker bundle of Auspice Maria stickers from Worthy of Agape. Worthy of Agape is an online store that offers home goods, mass sets, stickers, and apparel. Shop 
at worthyofagape.com. There you go. Worthy of Agape. Thank you very much for being a sponsor for our show this week. The Joining us right now is Tin from Northern Virginia. Good morning to you, Tin. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Uh, where are you off to today? I'm off to work as usual. Off to work as usual. Uh, Northern Virginia. Praise be to God. You're, are you listening uh, over in D.C. area? Uh, DC area, yep. DC awesome. DCN, yep. There you go. Praise be to God. That's really cool. It's nice to get people uh, from uh, Northern Virginia. We need we need more Northern Virginia representation, don't you think? I completely agree. Awesome, awesome. How's your link going? Uh, I'm hanging in there. It's, uh, <laughs> Have you fallen it's, off the wagon yet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be honest, Tim. Don't tell anybody, uh, just between you and I. I have fallen off the wagon a couple times. Um, <laughs> it, it hasn't even been two weeks. <laughs> I've already fallen off the wagon. Um, don't worry. I, I get back on. I'm, I'm back at it today. And don't worry. I'm, I'm right there with you, Tim. Uh, just got to just get pick yourself up, right? Yep. Exactly. Tien, what do you do for work? Are you uh, Secret Service, CIA, FBI? Hi, rocket uh, scientist. Just, uh, just a lonely realtor, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Cool. Praise be to God. Very good. So if you, if we, someone needs to uh, to get a, get out of Northern Virginia, get out of the D.C. area, and get away from the swamp, they can go move outside of that contact uh, tin, right? There you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I'm moving here. Yep, I'm moving here. They could always contact me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Tin, do you know how to play the game? Are you familiar with how the game works? Uh, I think so. The only awesome. thing I remember, I think, is uh, uh, Rudy is never correct. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if your theory is, in fact, correct or not. Foreshadowing? Uh, foreshadowing. We'll see. We'll see. All righty, Tim. Let's jump into it. We'll start with Rudy, which is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Awesome. Awesome. The question on the table. I'm going to be honest. This question, I think, might be the hardest question we've ever had in the history of Catholic Drive Time. Really? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, who is the patron saint of lovers? Lovers. Well, some might say that it's, uh, you know, on the nose, St. Valentine. But actually, it's a guy, a fella fella by the uh, the name of St. Raphael, who happens oh. to be an angelic matchmaker. Okay. St. Raphael, you say? Yeah, St. Raphael. Okay. Book of Tobit, you got to read that. So good. Book of Tobit. Even the one that Protestants reject. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Tito, the question is, who is the patron saint of lovers? The patron saint of lovers. Well, I'm going to lean on my entomology expertise and say St. Laveris. St. Laveris. So that's where we get the word love from. Correct. Wow. Yes. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. All righty, Tin. The question is, who is the patron saint of lovers? Rudy says it's Saint Raphael, whereas Tito says it's Saint Laverus. 15 seconds on the clock. What say you? Is it Saint Raphael? Is it Saint Raphael? There you go. Yes, it is St. Raphael. Wow. Uh, the pronunciation, yeah, it could be Raphael, it could be Raphael. I've heard it many different ways. I've always I've I've been accustomed to say Raphael, but I think the more common pronunciation is Raphael. 
Um, like the Ninja Turtle. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That is, in fact, correct. You rock. You got the number one right. You got the hardest one right. Everything else here should be a breeze. This next question, probably the easiest question we've ever had. Okay, maybe not. We'll see. Tito, the question goes to you. All right. Who may attend movies classified B? Classified B. That's from the USCCB uh, movie guide. I would say adult, but with reservations. Okay. You're saying adults, but with reservations. Reservations. Yes, this is a more of a historical question. The the old the old rules that were given out by the uh, bishops' conferences when they used to give those restrictions. Yep. Now they don't really do that anymore. But so the question goes to you, Rudy. The question is, who may attend movies classified B? B for based. So only Zoomers can attend these movies. Only Zoomers. Only. Yes. A historical. No you're saying a historical question was referring to to Zoomers. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. That makes sense to me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Ten. This is a, a very difficult question, I think. Uh, the question is, who may attend movies classified B? Well, Tito says that it's adults with reservations, whereas Rudy seems to think that only Zoomers are allowed to watch movies that are classified as B. 15 seconds on the clock. 10, what say you? I think it's uh, Tito. Tito. I'm guessing. Wow. Nailed it. Easy peasy. You're, you knew that, didn't you? You, you didn't guess. You, you were aware about the movie classifications from the United States Bishops Conference back in like the 1960s, right? You knew all that? I was before my time. I was reaching for the get out of jail free card, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You got it right nonetheless. So praise be to God. Are you ready for the uh, question number three? Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Question numero tres. Uh, translate Madonna into English. This question will go to Rudy first. Uh, translate Madonna into English. Madonna. So it kind of sounds like my lady. So that's what I'm going to go with. My okay. lady. You're going to go with my, my lady. My fair lady. All right. All right. Madonna, my lady. I like that. I like that a lot. I La do Donna. like our lady. I like our lady. She's pretty great. So I'm, I'm partial she to is, that. isn't she? I am partial to that. All right, Tito, same question to you. Translate Madonna into English. Into English. Madonna. That's a tough one for me. I'm going to go out on a limb and say my, my Donna. My Donna. D-O-N-N-A. D-O-N-N-A. Yes, that's what it means in English. Okay. Big, interesting, big interesting. All right, uh, ten. This is a, a very interesting answers from both of these guys. Uh, Rudy says that the word Madonna translated into English is my lady, whereas Tito says that Madonna translated into English means my Donna. Fifteen seconds of the clock. Ten. What say you? Uh, my lady. My lady, he says. Way to go, Ten. You didn't let Tito uh, trick you because uh, the word Donna literally just means lady. 
So technically, they're both the right <laughs> answers. Uh, but I guess the, the the trick question is uh, Donna is in English, so that's the that's the tricky part. You got to be careful. But you weren't fooled. You got it. You're a very wise man. I'm I'm noticing this, Tim. Uh, but praise be to God. I hope you have a blessed day uh, for the rest of uh, your your Tuesday. Are you doing anything for the feast of Saint Thomas Aquinas? Uh, I'm hoping to catch the moon mass. Oh, nice! Praise be to God. That's going to be great. Praise pray for us. Yeah, pray for us at Holy Mass. I, I certainly need it. Um, but Rudy and Tito could also use the prayers, but especially especially <laughs> myself. <laughs> yes, please. We can all use one. Yep. Amen. Amen. Need all the help we can get. All righty, Tim. Uh, stay on the line. We're going to put you on hold, and we're going to uh, get your contact information after we uh, say goodbye. But God bless you. God love you, and have a great day. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us during the after show, we're going to be on in the after show talking about uh, various things, whatever it is that you want to talk about. We'll be covering that during the after show. And if not, um, well, I think I might talk about Matins a little bit more. I was reading Matins and I'm just like, oh, man, the Psalms, all this stuff. Great stuff, great material, and we don't focus on it enough. So during the after show, if you can join us, hop on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, anywhere we have social media, you can find us there and join us for the after show. If not, then we'll see you back 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And we're there. We'll be here same time, same place, same bat channel. Uh, just join us on a Catholic Drive Time, a GRN, a 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the GRN. Or join us online, and you can interact with us directly, and we'll be talking to you and talking about whatever it is that you want. Any questions, comments, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between, we want to talk to you. And you can find all of our stuff linked up at Catholic Drive Time's webpage. Go to GRN online. Dot com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt god bless you god love you and we'll see you tomorrow thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you uh rudy alberto wants to know uh what happened to the uh the music jesus is a friend of mine he's very sad that it's the gone music yeah um <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> it's been here the whole time oh. uh, uh it's uh, right here it's uh let me see if this is the right button right here is it oh 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 ooh. Is that? Uh, hmm. uh, uh let me try this one here okay um, what, what was that noise oh oh no yeah no. what is up with that <laughs> what is up with that uh this should not be jesus a friend of mine <laughs> i should be a right what right on earth right. Jesus, yeah. there it is. There you go. Jesus is a friend I miss it. Alberto, I've been missing the music. Jesus is a friend of mine.
The reason you haven't been hearing it is because I'm no longer producing the show. Nor I. Uh, nor Adrian. Tito is doing it, so you're going to have to uh, get on Tito to do that. Yeah, take it up with Tito. Any uh, production questions, comments, or concerns, uh, bring it to Tito. And in case you missed it, uh, at the end of the month, I'm pretty much going to be done with CDT. I'm going to be moving on to a, uh, uh, a more of a reserved position here at the GRN. So I'm going to be uh, uh, the uh, – the, <laughs> what's the title? It's the uh, – <laughs> executive executive director, director of the GR and Digital. So we have a few things planned uh, in the future. We're gonna we're gonna be working on that, and uh, that that means I have to take a little bit of a of a backseat here on the show, so I can focus my efforts on that. I got a text message from Sean Rice, who's our our general manager over in San Antonio. He sent me a laughing emoji during uh, where we're talking about the Gen Z Bible. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it was it's like horrible, <laughs> dude. What is that? That's, that's, what is that? That's horrible. It's almost as bad as the anime Bible. There's an anime Bible? Oh, yeah, for sure. You haven't seen it? No. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And there's also, uh, I think there was like a... There's an Ebonics Bible. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's also a Hawaiian one. Oh, that one's the best one. Yikes. There's a Bible? Yeah. You don't know about that? I didn't know about that. It's terrible. It sounds awful. It's the pigeon translation. Yeah. Oh, the pigeon translation. <laughs> uh, Brooke says, another one bites the dust. Uh, Susanna yeah, says, Brooks. we're going to miss you, Rudy. Yeah. We are going to miss Rudy. Mr. Moonchies says, love the show, guys. Tito's doing a great job. Uh, thank you, Mr. Moonchies. I appreciate. Uh, could you provide us some cheese from the moon? Would that be available? <laughs> Is that an option? I paid him. You pay him to, to give some that. moon No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> You paid him to say good things about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yes, um, yes. Moon cheese, do you think we've been to the moon? Yeah. That's a good question. Everyone knows that the moon doesn't exist. So we couldn't, definitely could not have gone there. Yeah, it's funny. The spectrum of moon denial. There's the projection theory that the moon is just a projection. There's some that believe we've never been there. There's some that believe that, uh, that I don't know. What else do they believe about the moon? <laughs> there's a base up there. But there's an <laughs> alien base up there. We're On the backside? Yeah, that we're the secretly dark side of the moon. communicating with and uh, pulling all the strings of all these UFO sightings. Uh, Sonia says, uh, Tito, we need cowbells and music. And she also said, we also need someone to be responsive to the comments on this string. Thanks, Tito. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid to demand things. Yeah. Just, just, just demand it. You may not get them, but you could certainly demand them. That's true. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you may not get what you demand, but you can certainly demand it. That is an accurate statement. Uh, we'll, oh, by the way, guys, I apologize. I did not do the Aquinas Catechism yesterday because uh, Mondays are just so difficult. We had a meeting after the show, and then after the meeting, uh, we basically immediately got to clear out of the out of the studio because um, there's another show. There's another show, the, the noon show, and there's not really anywhere for me to go to to do it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do it at home. And then I'm gonna be honest. I Once went. Once you home. get home, it's over. It's like it's yeah, done. it's over. <laughs> I got home at like one o'clock, um, which is that, uh, a that, full day. It doesn't work for me. I, I gotta have, have more cowbell. cowbell. Yeah, the uh, and I was like. I got home. It was like one o'clock. I was like, okay, my day's over. Technically, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do the Aquinas Catechism uh, from my room. <laughs> now, you got you to gotta remember here, dear, dear listener, at 1 p.m., 
this is basically like 7 p.m. Yeah. for most people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I woke up and I was like, two o'clock uh, in the morning. I woke, I went to bed at like 2 p.m. And I woke up at like five o'clock. Yeah, I slept for risky. hours. I know it was risky. bad. I, was I actually like, feel worse when I take long naps. Oh, I felt so great. I felt so great. <laughs> I, I only slept like three hours the night before. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so I was matched like, that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I woke up and I was like, I feel incredibly lazy. Your I'm circadian rhythm gonna is going to be way off. It is already way off. So I didn't do it. I apologize, guys. I will do one today, especially for the Feast of St. Thomas. Good, good. You saw that bag of chips and said, I'm going to put some hot sauce on that and just veg. Nah, I don't like hot sauce. Oh, that's right. Did somebody say chips? Yikes. Put some ketchup on that. Ketchup on chips? I'm kidding. (laughs) Where does that... Well, you don't put hot sauce. I'm trying to think what else would you put on there if you don't put mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise. (laughs) That's huge in Belgium. That's so disgusting. Uh, Cherokee woman said, I actually spent yesterday catching up on the catechism from last week. Yes, that's why I didn't do it. Because I was trying to give people an opportunity to catch up. Of course. (laughs) That is the reason. (sighs) Wow. You're so selfless. I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Alberto tagged Jay Coke and says, you on? Yeah, (laughs) where is Jay Coke? (laughs) Jay Coke was here at the beginning. He's at the top of the show. He, He disappeared, though. Uh, crazy Cajun Ecuador says good morning. St. Thomas Aquinas. Amen. Does J. Coke stand for Jack and Coke? I don't know what it stands for. Probably. Uh, it's his nickname John. in the Marine Corps. Ah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Susanna says, I love Valentina on popcorn. And Alberta ma- oh. says mayonnaise on fries. No. No. Not allowed. Uh, Light Z10 says, those aren't women, Tito. Uh, I don't know. What did, what did you? What are, what are we uh, talking about? I don't remember what I, I was referenced to, but yeah. uh, I do like Valentina and also Red Hot, Red Devil, and uh, never Tabasco on my on my uh, chips. Susanna, yeah. I love Tapatio on popcorn. <gasps> That's good too. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's some good stuff right there. That's you know that's big in Mexico. When, when I went to the movie theater there, instead of the the. The, the butter dispensers, they had hot sauce dispensers. What the? That's nice. weird. Oh, oh uh, that was delicious. Craig says, if I get a call from my son's school because he has his whole class saying Cap G, I'll be forwarding that call to you, Adrian. <laughs> 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 I hope not. I hope not. Cap my G. intention was definitely to uh, do the opposite of that. What was the name for Jesus? Um, Big J. Big J. Big J and Cap G. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Which is funny because Cap in Zoomer speak is like liar. Like it's a lie. Yeah. It is like they, they just, so. it's the most boomer thing I've ever read mm. in my life. Um, and boomer not meaning necessarily the age range, but like the spirit. Like the, the spirit, spirit of, of the boomer. Yeah. It's like spirit of the boomer. Man. That's so. That's the cringest thing I've ever read in my life. Tomato ketchup on mashed potatoes. Never tried that, but that sounds uh, awful. I'll pass. Mm. I'll pass. As I don't well. see anything wrong with that one. Toma- I do. Well, tomato and what? Tomato ketchup on on uh... mashed potatoes. Okay. Hmm. Here's the thing. Maybe if I were in college after the bars. <laughs> if you're an adult, 
should you really be using ketchup? Unless, unless. Are you kidding unless, right now? <laughs> unless the uh, food is like dry as like possible. It's a condiment. What does it have to do with uh, being an adult? <laughs> ketchup, dude, is like. Do you just eat your hot dogs dry? Like, you put ketchup on hot dogs? Yes. I love and ketchup mustard. on my freedom fries. Ugh. Are you the guy that squirts the ketchup on top of all the fries? No, no, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's poor okay. etiquette. <laughs> now that I would say that's weird. Now, no chili, adult should be doing chili that. and cheese on a hot dog. Oh, Otherwise, oh, nothing on the hot dog. Yeah, chili and cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who Winnerschnitzel? They they do that. Oh, I love Winnerschnitzel. Yeah. I love it, but it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, <laughs> but it is so delicious. That's do we have Wiener Schnitzel here in Texas? No. Yeah. We, we do? do? Yes. Go and to he- uh, King's Beer House. Uh, B-I-E-R-H-U-S-E. Beer House. Hurs. Beer House. That's not Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, they Wiener- have Wiener Schnitzel there. Yeah, well, oh, no. We're no. talking about the chain. Oh, yeah, the chain. The chain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, goodness. They, uh, they should have one at every college. I saw one in Arizona. Yeah, they're in Arizona. Tucson. I know there's some in Tucson. That's where I went to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I, I was introduced to uh, chili dogs. I love chili dogs. Oh. So good. Let's All see. Right, let's see here. Uh, this one, this no, one. there aren't any. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, Wait, there are. The franchise uh, is not that strong. There's some here in Houston. Let's see here. So, Should well, I get Father Peter Totalbin on to talk about the... Um, Wow. Actually, you know who I could invite on to the show? Father um, Father Benedict Kroll. He's in town. He's the, he's the director of what? communications at the Angelicum in Rome, and he's giving a Linton mission in, in Houston. I should reach out to him and invite him on to the show. You should. All right. There is a Wiener Schnitzel. It is actually by Archbishop Firenze Park. Oh, that's hilarious. On Highway 6, which oh. is, like, not a good area. Wow. <laughs> Bishop Fiorenza Waffle Park. House for breakfast, Wiener Schnitzel for lunch. Doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah. Uh, Waffle House is the kind of place you only go once. But it's so good. What? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> I love it. I almost had a heart attack before even eating the food because <laughs> I saw them ladle the, the seed oil onto the grill and... Put all the other stuff on it. Ah, had a heart attack before it even began. You, you know, uh, we here in Texas, we love our Whataburger. California, they've they've given us In and Out. What do they eat? What do they love out in Alexandria, Virginia, in the Washington D.C. greater metro area? What what place? And don't say uh, the crown, those White Crowns, White Castle. Yeah, I was going to say White Castle, probably. Probably White Castle. But that's maybe that's north, more north. Yeah, that's more that. Ohio. Midwest, mid east. Yeah, I don't know. Probably something deep fried. What would what would it be? Mm, no sé, no sé. Hablas español? No comprendo. Oh, no hablo. Yo, t- yo también. Uh, my, I have most of my friends are Mexican, which is weird. The reason why it's weird is because I went to high school where it's like the majority of the school is white. And I went to college. Well, USC is not, but it's probably like, it's probably like 50% white and 50% minority. So I guess it's not that weird. 
but somehow like all my friends are Mexican and they all speak Spanish except for me. And so when we're all hanging out, they all start speaking Spanish. I'm just yeah. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But are they first generation Mexican Americans? Yeah, the first generation Americans. Okay, that that explains that. Yeah. Uh, Jesus says, I love Dot's coffee shop. They bake their cornbread fresh. Mm. He says, oh, I'm bread. He says, I'm super Mexican compadre. Yes, Jesus Robles, another example. And he's like actually Mexican. Like he's from Mexico. So oh. there you go. Does, it, does he have an accent? Yeah, definitely. Really? You should hear Jesus's uh, American accent. He does a his American accent. He goes, "Praise be to Jesus Christ." <laughs> that's his. Uh, that's what he sounds like. Is is his nickname Chewy? No, because I've not, it's not a Mexico thing. It's it's an American thing where the second generation and beyond, they when they when their your first name is Jesus, that means your nickname's Chewy. Interesting. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Uh, Dawn says, good morning, uh, New Jersey. Uh, NJ, I'm, New Jersey what? What about New Jersey, Dawn? Is that uh, the name of the hot dog stand, New Jersey? I don't know. He said, tienes el nopal en la frente. I don't know what that means. Uh, you have a cactus on your head or your... Oh, because I look like a front, Mexican. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you have a, oh, you have a cactus for a face, something like that. I think that's what it means. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like a, you look Mexican, but you're not. Got it. Um, or you look Mexican. You look but you like don't. a cactus. Yeah. You look like a Mexican, basically. Oh, in, in Hawaii we call them coconuts. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> white <laughs> on uh, brown on the outside, white on the inside. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You're a coconut. <laughs> Alberto says, uh, "Don't you speak Spanish, Adrian? Nope, not a lick, not a single bit of Spanish." Tito, you speak Spanish, though, right? Uh, conversational. Oh, I speak okay. conversational, and uh, it's it's really bad. I I blame. My the, my friends that I made in college, all of Mexican heritage of ruining my perfect Castilian accent and vocabulary. Thank, <laughs> thank you, guys. They call themselves <laughs> Los Vatos Locos. Jesus Robles said, uh, my radio name was Joy Roblo, Robles. Joy Robles. Oh, okay. Uh, Chewy? Yeah, Chewy. Hey, Chewy. Uh, Jesus, why is it that that is Jesus? Why is Jesus turning to Chewy or Joy? Why is that? I don't know. I never, I didn't realize that. So, uh, brother Martin, my my friend, brother Martin, his uh, dog's name is Chewy, brother Chewy. He he named the dog brother Chewy. I wonder if that's why. Interesting. Huh. Maybe when they pronounce Jesus, it sounds they pronounce it with a ch instead of a j, so it's cheeses. You had a Castellanos accent. I used to Castellan. Castellano, not Castellano. Castellan. Uh, Don says pizza and hot dogs on the boardwalk, White Castle, New Jersey. Okay, that's what he's talking about. He's saying White Castle, New Jesus uh, said, Tito, what's your real name? Roberto. Tito sounds like a nickname. Roberto. Robertito. 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 <laughs> uh, Kim Sunderman said, I was called a coconut too. I don't speak Spanish either. I'm 10th generation Tejano. There you go. <laughs> the porter moved. They didn't. <laughs> Alberto said, your Spanish accent is bueno, uh, says the Englishman. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, I have a friend, the, 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 uh, the Ramoses. They're uh, the there's Ram- three siblings. Ramosan. That I see all the time. They're really good friends of mine. Their mother, every time I see her, she speaks to me in Spanish, and I'm like, Lo siento, no comprendo más español. And she goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> and she like, every single time, 
Every single time she talks to me in Spanish. Oh, pobrecito. It's like, oh, me culpa. I don't know Spanish. My apologies. You know, uh, you would think that uh, the Americans of, of uh, Mexican or, or Spanish ba- heritage or background would be more res- uh, responsive to attending a TLM since Latin is the base language of Spanish. And, well, and you can understand roughly 50 to 80% of what's being uh, honestly said. It's filled, filled with Mexicans, the TLM. It's filled with Mexicans. I'm always surprised by that. Like, there's so many. Uh, Alberto says, I watch Spanish dramas. I haven't been to Spain in years, though. Oh, that's cool. In 30 <laughs> years, he said. Yeah, I uh, don't watch Spanish dramas. So you're ahead of me, dude. You probably know better, more Spanish than I do, Alberto, if, no, I, if I had to guess. No telenovelas. Yeah, none. Th- there goes my bad Spanish accent. There you go. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, French fries with brown gravy, says Cherokee woman. Mm, I could do that. I could go for that. That's not bad. French fries with milkshakes? Yeah. Yes. With ice cream. Uh, Sonia said, my dad, brother, and one uncle are named Jesus, and their nickname is Chewy. Or Is it pronounced C-H-U-Y? Is it pronounced Chewy? Yes, pronounced Chewy. Chewy. It's pronounced Chewy. Yep. There's even a chain of, of uh, restaurants called Chewy. Oh. Chewy's, actually. Specialty is uh, chicken. I did not know that. Wings and fried chicken. I've seen that restaurant, but I didn't know it was pronounced Chewy's. Yeah, Chewy's. There you go, folks. Uh, Rosa Salvaje Novela. What is sal? What is Salvaje? It's a uh, wild rose. A wild rose novella. Salvaje means wild. Oh, okay. I have a, a little... Uh, not joke, but incident that my friends and I were at a wedding down in Hermosillo, Mexico, and we were at a hotel, we were ordering dinner, and uh, it was uh, Raymond's turn, or Ramon's turn to pay the, the bill. <laughs> and we're, of course, it's Mexico, we're all speaking Spanish, and he says, uh, Necesito, Necesitamos el bill. <laughs> and we, said, we all looked at him, what did you say, el bill? <laughs> We all started cracking I don't get up because it. it's La Quenta. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. But the, there's some English words that do transliterate into Spanish, but you can't. It's, he's, he was first generation American too, Mexican American. That was funny. I still find it funny. Okay, so uh, here's a excerpt from um, Matins this morning, and it's uh, about Saint Thomas Aquinas. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, this is the the fourth reading for today. Uh, That splendid adornment of the Christian world and light of the church, blessed Thomas of Aquino, was the son of Landulf, Earl of Aquino, and Theodora of Naples. His wife being nobly descended on both sides, he was born in the year of salvation 1226, and even as an infant gave token of the love which he afterward bore to the mother of God. He found a little bit of paper upon which was written the angelic salutation, that's the Hail Mary, and held it firm in his hand in spite of the efforts of his wet nurse. His mother took it away by force, but he cried and stretched out for it. And when she gave it back to him, he swallowed it. When he was only four years old, he was given into the keeping of the Benedictine monks of Monte Cassino. He was then sent to Naples to study and there, while very young, entered the order of friar preachers. This displeased his mother and brothers, and when he left Naples for Paris, when he was on his journey, his brothers met him and carried him off by force to the castle of Monte San Giovanni, where they imprisoned him in the keep. 
Here they used to every means to break him of his intention, and at last brought a woman into his room to try to overcome his purity. The lad drove her out with a firebrand, and when he was alone, he knelt before the figure of the cross, and there he fell asleep. As he sleep, as he slept, it seemed to him that angels came and girded his loins, and from this time he never felt the least sexual inclination. His sisters came to the castle to beseech him to give up his purpose of leaving the world. But he so worked on them by his godly exhortations that both of them ever after set no value on earthly things and buried themselves rather with heavenly. This he actually one of the sisters ended up actually becoming a Dominican sister, beautiful, and later a mother superior of a Dominican convent. Being let down from a window, Thomas escaped out of the castle of Monte Santi Giovanni and returned to Naples. Thence he went first to Rome and then to Paris in company of Brother John the German, then Master General of the Friars Preacher. At Paris, he studied philosophy and theology under Albert the Great Doctor. At the age of 25 years, he took the degree of master, and he gave public dis- disquintations of them, the philosophers and theologians. That means he was writing um, he was writing commentaries on the philosophers and theologians. Namely, he did Aristotle was a big one, and then Peter Lombard was a theologian he commented on with, greater, with great distinction. He never set himself to read or write till he had first prayed. And when he was about to take in hand a hard passage of the Holy Scriptures, he fasted also. Hence, he was wont to say to Brother Reginald, his comrade, that whatever he knew, he had learnt not so much from his own labor and study as from the inspiration of God. At Naples, he was once kneeling in very earnest prayer before an image of Christ crucified. When he heard a voice which said, Thomas, thou hast written well of me, what reward wilt thou that I give thee? He answered, Lord, thyself. He studied most carefully the works of the fathers, and there was no kind of author in which he was not well read. His own writings are so wonderful, both because of their number, their verity, and the clearness of his explanation of hard things, that his rich and pure teaching, marvelously consonant with revealed truth, is an admirable antidote for the errors of all times. I love those biographies, those short yep. biographies of saints. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. St. Thomas Aquinas. Pray for us. Amen. When, when he drove the, the woman of ill repute out of his room, he used a firebrand. Is that like a hot poker? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And some uh, version of the story, he uh, carves a cross into the door, and that's when the angels come to him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. Pretty awesome. That is awesome. Uh, Jesus said, dude, the Fulton Sheen book is awesome. His reflections are like none. Praise be to God. Yeah, the... The Fulton Sheen book is really good. Um, I'm really happy that Alan uh, put those together. Let's see. Kim says, of course, I've been married into the Sunderman family now for almost 28 years. My maiden name is Rodriguez, which I had for 22 years. Um, Alberto said, only 22. Were you Spanish descent? Yeah, she got married young. Uh, I'm I'm running late. She, I'm late to the party. She, she's smart. Yeah, my parents got married at like 18. 19. Wow. I think so. I think that's how they were. Alberto said, were you of Spanish descent? Um, I don't know about Kim. I probably am. I don't actually know. We've never done, I haven't done a DNA test. I presume with last name Fonseca that we're probably Spanish. Um, it's not a very Mexican name. It's more, I've heard it, that it's Portuguese. I've also heard that it's Spanish. 
That's right, Fonseca with yeah. a CA at the end. That's Portuguese. Yeah, a lot of people say that it's Portuguese or Spanish. Nice. That there's a there's a Spanish wine called Fonseca wine, and huh. there in, in Portugal they have a Fonseca cigars. Oh, um, so Nelly. I presume, presumably, yeah. Alberto said my auntie got married at 17. Yeah, it used to be very popular to get married young. My grandparents got married at like seven, 16, 17 years old. Smart grandparents. I wish I would have uh, done that. Straight out of junior high. Straight out of ju- out of high school. <laughs> um, junior high is what? You're 12? Yeah, 12. Yeah. I was trying to say junior year of high school, but oh, it yeah. didn't roll off the tongue that well. Yeah. Out of junior year of high school. T-Storm said Portuguese, but there's a lot if mixing with Spanish and Portugal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's lots of uh, the Spanish and Portuguese are basically the same thing at this point. Basically, um, yep. I have a friend who's, uh, he did a DNA test and he found out that he's like 20% Spanish and like 7% Portuguese. And he's, I'm like, that's basically the same thing. You're basically just, just Spanish. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sean texted me. He said, unbelievable, but the Gen Z Bible said, it'll resonate with them. Haha, ha, We need to speak their language. Yeah. Their language, right? <laughs> Cause that's totally their language. <laughs> Uh, Kim said, I got married at 22. I'm Spanish descent. Yes. They came from Ballet, coat of arms. Yes, I'm misspelling the name from Spain. Uh, T-Swarm said, I'm Spanish, Portuguese, and Basque? Basque? Oh, Basque. Oh, Basque. Yeah. They're... Basque. That's how you spell Basque? Yeah. How what? you pronounce Basque. Or in Spanish, Basco. I didn't know that. I thought it was with a Q. You would you can say that the Basque are the exception in the Iberian Peninsula because their DNA is completely different from the rest of the Portuguese and Spanish on a different paradigm. I thought they were French. Nope, nope, nope. The Basque they some there's some in France, but uh, for some reason people even speculate they might be some uh, <laughs> leftover Neanderthals. Well, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's different language structure. Everything is incomprehensible between Basque and uh, Spanish or Castilian. Uh, Sci-Fi Mike said, people used to wait in celibacy for marriage. They don't do that anymore, which is usually why they marry later in life. That's a good point, because uh, St. Paul says that uh, you marry rather than burn. And so people used to get married younger because, I mean, if you wanted to uh, have the sexual embrace, you better get married. If you yep. want to get the marital embrace, you get married. So, Our lady uh, married very late, too. I mean, very young. early. Yeah, I was about to say, late. She was early. like, what, 15, 14? S- something like that, yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Uh, Matt Walsh is getting in trouble because he said he made a comment about people used to marry young and they were like, he's a pedophile. Oh, like, goodness gracious. Ridiculous. Uh, Craig said, I did a DNA test and I'm somewhere around 80% UK. Uh, my mom's from England. It was kind of a letdown. Was hoping to see something a bit more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 80% UK. I had uh, the same idea. And he turned out to be nothing but Mexican. <laughs> 80% For, Chinese. Predominantly Mexican. <laughs> Let me see. It changes every now and then. It changes? Your your heritage changes every now and then? It does, yeah. So the more the people take the test, the more accurate uh, it gets, supposedly, as they say. I see. As the Mormons say. Let's see. Let me log in. Let's check it out. Yeah, the Mormons have the, the largest database. Uh, T-Storm said most of the Spanish descent have a drop of Middle East. Yeah, that makes sense because the Muslims conquered the area. Yeah, the Arabs and Berbers. Yep. 
My mom has a little bit of Moorish blood. My grandfather, he was a lawyer in uh, Guanajuato and Guaymas, and his nickname was El Moro. Yep, there you go. Yeah. The Moor. The Moor. Yeah, and Shakespeare talked about it in, um, and um, which is in, which, which Oh, uh, I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember. Merchant of Venice. No, that's the, the, the Jewish guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, he has one based on a moor, yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Why can't I remember it? Somebody Sh- remind me. Quick. Shakespeare is so awesome. Someone remind me. Fast. Uh, T-Storm <laughs> said I spelled it wrong. It is with a Q. Okay. Okay. No problem. DNA summary. 57% estimate indigenous Americas, Mexico. And actually, when I took it, it actually picks the right areas. 20% oh, Spaniard, really? 7% Portugal, 6% Basque, 3% Cameroon. <laughs> Cameroon? <laughs> once you get to 3%, it basically, you might as well not be because oh, okay. it's so, that's the, um, that's the point of no return where it's like, it's too low to actually know. The Basques barely make up Five percent of the Spanish population, but because they're a seafaring people, their DNA is all over the Americas. Oh, they they, they overrepresent their what they rep, what they population. are in Spain. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, T Storm says she's going to give us a cool story about a town where her ancestors captured were from the Muslims from Portugal. Oh wow! Uh, in the Telegram chat later today. Uh Based? I mean, dang it! I said based. Oh, no. <laughs> California. My bad. I failed. Gnarly. Uh, I appreciate it. I'll be looking forward to it later. <laughs> Epic. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.